Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Michael's in the studio with us. Uh, Michael, I'm sorry you had to follow that. You know who uh, Mick Jagger is, right? Absolutely. All right. Get, use that generation. microphone just like Mick Jagger. Get right up on front of it. You're going to be using this one right here. Get right up on it. And you see how close I am to mine? Right. I want you to be that close to yours. So in your experience, what does that Yoko Ono Minute mean? Send the sound of a hundred rising suns. <laughs> it's going to be pretty quiet. It would, it would be pretty quiet. It's a little ridiculous also. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people... They really like the Yoko Ono Minute because it makes no sense, which takes me right to politics, because we hear so many things from politicians that make absolutely zero sense. Now, you're running for the 5th Congressional District. Bob Ladd has had that for some time, uh, and I see Bob a couple times a year at, at, at different events and stuff, and he seems to be a pleasant person. He's got a nice personality. He always tells me how he's working for the district and everything, and he comes back on a regular basis. What is... What is Bob Latta doing wrong that you're going up against him this time around? Well, Fred, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on the show this sure. morning. Um, when I travel throughout the 14 counties of the 5th Congressional District, the first thing I hear from people is, we never see our U.S. representative. Really? He never talks to us. He's never available. In the local newspaper uh, the other day, I think it was uh, last Sunday, um, his campaign made reference to the fact that he'd seen 930 businesses, organizations, and schools. Mm -hmm. That's great. There are 720,000 people in the district. I it's have a been, big district, isn't it? It's a very it's, big district. It's, it's one of the bigger ones, I think. That uh, and You said how many? 12, 14 S counties? There are 14 counties in the district, and every time I speak to people, and I'll tell you, I've spoken to tens of thousands of people, mm -hmm. their first comment is... Well, we'd like to speak to Bob, but he's never available. Or I send Bob a letter, but he never sends one back. Well, it's got to be more than that, though, because, I mean, they must have concerns, which is why they, which is why they want to see uh, Congressman Latta. Because I don't see my city council people, but I'm not going to vote against them just because I don't see them. I'm going to vote against them because they aren't doing what I want them to do. Is, is that what you're hearing also? Not only do we not see Bob Latta, but he's not doing what we want. And that's exactly right. And the first thing after I hear that from people is that I am very concerned about my health care. I hear stories from mm -hmm. people all the time how they are in financial distress for medical reasons, and that's just not right. And now we're hearing from people like uh, Bob Latta and his, his cohorts in Washington that what they want to do now is to take away more entitlements from the Medicare fund, mm -hmm. more entitlements from the Social Security fund. And you know what? These are not entitlements. They're benefits into, into which we've all paid money. Is that problem, the health care problem, because that seems what's going to be the focus, is that necessarily inherent just in... Those 14 counties, because that's, you're talking, those 14 counties are pretty rural, right? There's, I mean, there's some industry there, but isn't that more rural than anything else? Well, Fred, if you think about it, look, look at Northwest Ohio. It really mm. is a microcosm of the United States, because not, our, not only are we rural and farmers, 
But we've also got factories. So we're factory workers, lawyers, we're teachers, we're doctors, we're nurses, Mm -hmm. small business owners. So at the end of the day, you know, you look at Toledo, you look at the rural areas, and then you look at the outlying cities. We really are a mini United States. All right. So when it comes to the health care, then, what are these people looking for? Do they want the government to step in and do more for them, or they're just worried about what cuts might be coming from Social Security and Medicare? It's a combination of things. I mean, I personally don't think that anybody should feel any kind of financial distress mm-hmm. for medical reasons. So when you look at how effective is Medicare is for, for people who are over 65, why can't people who are under 65 have access to that same, same kind of health care insurance? Mm-hmm. Well, where's that money going to come from, though, to cover all of that? I mean, well, that's, first the big, all, that's the biggest thing. People, The people who aren't concerned about their coverage are more concerned about how they're going to pay for somebody else's coverage. So where does that money come from? Well, first of all, you have to bear in mind that if we extend Medicare to all, we're going to increase the pool to 325 million Americans. Okay. So you have a a huge contribution net network Mm -hmm. and pool, A, and B, when you get people in the pool, all 325 million Americans, then the pool becomes a much more viable insurance pool and that in itself is going to drive insurance premiums lower. But all of those people aren't working, so it, you can't really say that if we put 325 million Americans in the pool, it increases the amount of money because there are a lot of those 325 million Americans who aren't working at all for one reason or another. Uh, so they're not contributing anything, really. Absolutely, I, and I, I, I agree with that. But again, you have to look the look at the American workforce. That's where the contribution has been coming from. Uh, from anyway. That's mm-hmm. where the contributions are coming from uh, for the Social Security Fund, which I might add is in trouble it, it itself because the people like Bob Latta, who are running the country right now, have stolen uh, $2.9 trillion out of the Social Security Fund yeah. for the p- benefit of the rich and powerful, the people who don't need it. Well, and and I don't know whether or not Bob has done that or just politicians in general. I mean, ever since I've been contributing, since I started working when I was 16, politicians have been stealing from the Social Security Fund. Uh, So that's why I'm still working. I'm not counting on my Social Security benefits being there and certainly not counting on my kids' Social Security benefits being there because politicians in general have been stealing from that fund forever. And that has to stop. Well, how one, are you going to stop that? One, You're going to one be way, one guy. One way we can stop that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, I have the solution to everything. Mm-hmm. But I would be part of a caucus which would sit down and figure out solutions to how we will replenish the Social Security and Medicare funds. And as far as Social Security is concerned, one thing that I think we should look very, very seriously at is removing the contribution cap, which is currently Mm $124,000. Anybody making over $124,000 pays no more money into the Social Security fund, and I just don't think that's fair. All right. Uh, and what are you running as? Democrat, progressive, liberal, Democrat. conservative, as a Democrat? All right, at 7.15, we're speaking with Michael Galbraith. We'll continue in a minute. Uh, Michael is the uh, Democratic candidate for the Ohio 5th Congressional District, the seat uh, currently held uh, by Bob Latta. I hate it when people say, Bob Latta's seat. It's my seat, okay? It's our seat. Uh, we'll continue with Michael in just a moment. Michael Galbraith is uh, in a studio with us. He's running for the 5th Congressional District. Uh, the seat currently held uh, by Bob Latta. Uh, I want to quickly uh, remind you that our 60-minute uh, poll is up if you want to vote today. 
Uh, actually, I'll let you vote right now. Uh, who do you uh, who do you pick for weekend winners? Because there's some pretty good games this weekend. So who do you pick for weekend winners? And I have set the poll up at WSPD.com so that you can vote multiple times because I know you have a couple of choices. Uh, who do you pick for weekend winners? Purdue, Ohio State. Ohio State. Michigan or Michigan State? Michigan. And UT or Buffalo? UT. All right. So actually, you're uh, you're pretty much in alignment with everybody else. Right now, 37% say Michigan will be a winner over Michigan State. When it comes to Buffalo and UT, 17% uh, over 6%. And when it comes to Purdue and Ohio State, it's a dead heat. That's a tough game for people to choose. They're both at 14% right now. If you need information on Michael, you can go to his website. Uh, he's also on Facebook and Twitter. It's Galbraith. For Congress.com, if you don't know how to spell it, it's G-A-L-B-R-A-I-T-H, Galbraith for Congress.com. So there's a couple of uh, hot topics, obviously, that people are, are going to be uh, asking you about, and, and despite the fact that you're just one guy uh, in a huge house of representatives, it's kind of hard uh, for one person to get anything done, but as you said earlier, you'd be a part of a caucus uh, to try and work things out. So let's look at some of those things that are hot right now. Uh, the border, for instance. We've got a caravan of people supposedly headed our way, and the president says he's going to send troops down there and try to stop them. Mexico has already said they'll stop them at the Honduran border. What are your beliefs on the border policy? Well, there's absolutely no doubt we need some significant reform in our immigration policy. Having said all that, I, I, I really find it disturbing that we put 12,000 children in concentration camps and that we separate families at the border borders when we do currently have a refugee screening program, which in the past, before this administration, functioned perfectly well. Mm-hmm. So now, now, we were taking, we were separating kids, so even during the Obama administration, I mean, that's, you know, that's already been proven a couple of times. So that's, that's a longstanding uh, policy for the U.S. Uh, and and I really don't. I mean, I know it's concentration camp. You might want to look that up. There's a huge difference between a detention center and a concentration camp. And I read a story from a, a Jewish survivor of the concentration camps yesterday who said, "I wish people would stop calling it that because they have no idea what it was like to be in a concentration camp." So detention will, center. You know. I will stand corrected and call them a detention center. <laughs> yeah, because the concentration camp is a whole different thing. But the so, concept, so how would you handle it then? Well, the concept disturbs me. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would keep families together. Okay. And then, um, obviously, while they're going through the screening program, we can't let people just run um, hurry-scurry through our country. We have to make sure that they are, uh, I hate to use the term quarantine, but uh-huh. certainly... Uh, not allowed to run free in the United States until their case has been heard. And if they're mitigating circumstances, obviously we have to return these people to their own country. Okay, so so you have no problem with sending people back if, for for instance, they're a criminal or have charges against them in Mexico, Honduras, Central America, wherever they're coming from? No. But you'd like to, if if they are coming over with members of their family, you'd like to see them stay together in a detention center until that's adjudicated. While they're being processed. While yes. they're being processed. And and that's, I mean, anybody who knows how immigration used to work, a lot of times that's how it worked. You'd come from France or Germany or wherever. Uh, if you were thought to have tuberculosis or any kind of disease, you were set aside, uh, you know, until you were ready to be processed. 
So as far as health care goes, because you mentioned health care a couple of times and one of the things, how do you feel about Obamacare and what the Republicans and this current administration are trying to do to it? Are there parts of that that you want to see kept intact at this point? Well, not only the parts of it I would like to see kept intact, I would like to see many of the uh, things which have hollowed out the Affordable Care Act reinstated like the individual mandate. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you uh, if you look back and hear what Ronald Reagan, he Ronald Reagan would be turning in his grave right now if he heard what was going on with uh, Medicare and Social Security being being called entitlements. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan himself called the called these two separate funds separate completely from the, 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 the general fund of the United States. Yeah, well, and they really are. I mean, they're supposed to be anyhow. You yes, know, for people for people to be able to access them in everything they are supposed to be. But you look at Mitch McConnell's comments, and he's saying, "No, no, these are entitlements," and the fact that the national debt has increased by seven hundred seventy nine billion dollars in the year two thousand eighteen. It's not the GOP's fault; it's the entitlements. Mm-hmm. Again, these are not entitlements; these are totally separate funds, and they have to be restored. And they have to be enhanced. Yeah. And people who would normally be against the debt rising uh, are okay with it um, in this administration because they have a guy in office uh, that they see doing things that they basically, the you know, the meme is, that's what we hired him for. Um, when you look at this administration, what about it bothers you? Well, I mean, there are a number of things. Uh, first of all, I think the, the president's temperament is something that disturbs me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly has trouble uh, distinguishing between uh, the truth and the non-truth. Um, you look at a newspaper like the New York Times, and they've recorded in the last, since he became president in January 2018, mm-hmm. or sorry, 17. Uh, over 2,000 lies, which he has no problem telling me, yeah. or telling. Uh, another thing which I have a problem with is the fact that there are clear violations of the uh, Foreign Emoluments uh, Clause in the Constitution. Okay. And uh, I would say another thing is, why is he working so hard to stop law enforcement officials from investigating Russian uh, collusion and conspiracy in our election. If he was innocent, he would be bending over backwards to end this thing by by um, um, cooperating with the authorities. Okay. Well, and, th- and that I have a problem with because we're still in this country where you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, you wouldn't say that if somebody were in a civil court locally. You wouldn't say, well, wait a minute. Why isn't that guy testifying in his own behalf? Because you have the right. To not testify if you don't want to, if somebody made a charge against you. You don't have to testify, for instance, in a murder case or bank robbery or anything else. So this whole idea that, well, why isn't he doing something? The idea is you don't have to do anything. You're innocent until proven guilty. So we'll talk more about that. And you have time to stick around, don't you? Uh, yeah. All right. We're going to have uh, we're going to hold Michael Galbraith uh, for another segment. Uh, you can go to Galbraith for or hit him up on Facebook. Uh, if you want to leave a comment, you can do so in my email. I won't be taking calls because he doesn't have headphones. He won't be able to hear you. So just leave it on my Facebook page or on Twitter. Fred at WSPD dot com also works. Michael Galbraith. Uh, is in the studio with me. Uh, you can go to galbraithforcongress.com. If you want to check out his website, he's also on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, he's running for the 5th Congressional District. 
the seat currently held by Bob Laddin. Um, how long has Bob held that seat? It seems uh, he's, like a long time. Freddie's been there for 10 years. 10 years? Okay. And wasn't his, his dad was there before, right? Well, uh, Paul Gilmore, Gilmore. Uh, was right. before uh, okay. Bob. All right. I forgot about Gilmore. Uh, now, this time around, Bob had uh, to go into a runoff, all right? Uh, and the person that he beat is now apparently backing you. Is that how this is working out? Uh, Bob had two challengers, two? Uh, Bob okay. Camp from Wayne, Ohio, which is just east of Bowling Green, mm-hmm. and Todd Wolfram, who is the county commissioner for uh, the county of Van Wert. Okay. And uh, two days after the May primary, uh, Bob Camp phoned me up and said, Michael, you've got my vote. My wife Sue is voting for you. We need to sit down and talk. Now, so they're going to, are they actually like part of your campaign? And do you yes, consider they are. this like bipartisan support now? Well, we're getting transpartisan support. Transpartisan, uh, okay. Bob Cryenkamp uh, Bob uh, is still part of what I consider to be an old style Republican Party, mm-hmm. which you've, if you look back, it's sort of like Dwight Eisenhower, Everett Dirksen, if you remember who that was. I do, yeah. Um, George <laughs> Herbert Walker. I hate saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That scares you, doesn't it? That is scary. And, and John McCain. And, and the, 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 there are certain Republicans who still adhere to that hope that their party is going to um, rise again in that old style of fiscal responsibility and moral rectitude. Well, and here's the thing about that, uh, because there are an awful lot of people who view that now, okay, as the establishment Republicans. And a lot of the people who voted for Trump distrust the established Republicans because for years, both Republicans and Democrats have gotten elected uh, on on saying, look, here's what we're going to do, getting to Washington, not doing it, and working instead to get reelected over and over and over again. I mean, we've seen it, you know, Marcy Kaptur's been in office for 30-some years, uh, McConnell's been there forever, a lot of these guys have been there for 30 years or more, and and so... There's an awful lot of voters out there who distrust the people that you just named as being establishment Republicans. How do you attract those voters, all right, who have been supporting Latta and other Republicans in those 14 uh, counties to come to your side of it? Well, and what we're seeing after the November 16 election cycle is that many, many, many people are stepping out of their traditional party shells, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats. Shortly after the November 16 election cycle, we saw all these progressive and indivisible groups pop up on the left. And we saw a number of disenfranchised Republicans who have stepped back and say, this is no longer the party that represents my values. So what I'm saying is that my campaign represents a very transpartisan campaign. And we have people coming together from both sides who are very, very passionate. And at the end of the day... People are turning to me and say, look, what we need is somebody who's going to listen to us, who's going to hold frequent town halls face to face Mm -hmm. and not hide behind a telephone with screened questions and scripted answers. Right. Now, and I have some of those people on my Facebook page, people who supported Republicans for a lot of years, uh, but don't support Trump. So when you talk about those people, all right, who felt like they were disenfranchised, do you believe that they felt they were disenfranchised because of Trump's personality or because the Republican Party isn't 
believing in small government, lower taxes, uh, strong law and order anymore. And are you saying that you are for small government, lower taxes, and strong law enforcement? Are you uh, filling that gap for, you know, established Republicans? I'm stab- I, I'm I'm filling a gap where people where where Republicans on the one hand feel as though the people in Washington are not re- really representing their values mm-hmm. or uh, what they see as necessary for the day to day quality of their lives. As far as Democrats are concerned, I honestly feel that they're. I will lump Democrats and Republicans into the same group and say there are many politicians, not only in Washington, but Columbus, wherever. Well, not so much Columbus anymore because of term limits, but certainly in Washington who really have gone by their sell-by date. All right. So when it comes to your values then, what are your values when it comes to government? How big should the government be? What should they be doing for us? Or should they just back away from trying to take care of me all the time? Well... Uh, I mean, that's kind of an odd way to look at it. I think government's role is to listen to the people and to listen what they want. Mm-hmm. Again, well, what if what, the people want them to back away then? Well, I, I'm not sure <laughs> the people want them to back away because every day I hear, look, I don't, I am concerned about access to affordable health care. I don't mm-hmm. want to go bankrupt for health reasons. I'm concerned about my Social Security retirement and disability benefits. So I want those to be protected. I want... I don't want to be part of a middle class and a working class and a less able class who are being squashed for the benefit of the rich and the powerful. And right now, what I see is this country moving toward um, uh, a country which is being driven and run by the rich and powerful and not the people. The last time I saw the top line of the Constitution, it read, we the people, in order to create a more perfect union. It didn't say, we the money, in order to benefit the rich and the powerful. All right, let's go go to borders. Republicans have normally been pretty strong on border security. Are you in favor of building a wall or not? No, I think the money uh, that would be used for a wall would be much better spent uh, distributing that into public education across the country. Okay. Uh, abortion is always a, a huge topic, a hot topic. Congress really can't do a whole lot about it. It's obviously going to end up in the Supreme Court again, but where do you stand on abortion rights? You know, Fred, at the end of the day, we are all pro-life, but there are certain circumstances where a woman has to make a decision with her doctor about how she's going to go forward with, with her pregnancy. And I'm not calling for any kind of um, use as abortion for, for birth control. I, don't, I think that's wrong. But at the end of the day, there are certain circumstances where a woman and her doctor should decide and not the government, not right. the law. And as far as taxes go, now, we did get a tax cut. Our part of it is going to disappear uh, in a couple of years, which people don't seem to realize, uh, while wealthier people are going to be able to keep theirs for a while. Would you rescind those tax cuts? Would you keep those in place if you get the opportunity to vote on them? Uh, Initially, I would uh, be part of a caucus to rescind the tax cuts from December 2017. Mm -hmm. But I think rather than uh, cut taxes for the rich and powerful, we need a system which is going to provide uh, for the middle uh, and working classes because the people, the rich and the powerful they don't need the extra money. They're doing just fine as it is. We don't need to increase our our uh, national debt by $779 billion a year 
so they can walk away with money, which is never going to be seen in the economy anywhere. Right. And Don's about to tell me I'm running late. So uh, one last question, and then and then we'll let you go. Uh, and you, you do have a thing coming up. Uh, is it today? This evening in in uh, Bowling Green. This well, evening in Wayne, Bowling Green. Wayne, Ohio. In, in Wayne, Ohio. And I'll give the details on that uh, in just a minute. Um, you've said a number of times now, Rich and Powell, uh, Powerful, for you, is this election breakdown as simple as that? Is it the rich and powerful against the rest of us? Um, I, I, I would say this is a watershed moment mm-hmm. because, as I say, I think we're moving too far away from the people and we're moving into a situation, you know, you have to look no further than Russia. Is that what we want to look like? Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.